Welcome back to another episode of the Hi-Fi Podcast with Darren and Duncan. I'm Darren. I'm Duncan. And we're here to uh, talk about all things Hi-Fi with you. But today we're going to talk about single-ended versus balanced components and the pros and cons to each type of component or type of connection. Yeah. And uh, we just uh, got back from this awesome bike ride, um, just kind of cruising around uh, Louisville, Colorado, in this uh, beautiful sunny morning. It's probably mid-60s, and it's just such a good break from uh, the, the heat that we've experienced here re- recently. Yeah, just a light breeze. Um, it was one of those mornings that reminded me, uh, just driving in, the clouds reminded me of like Florida and uh, or like South Carolina, where it's just like a layer of these like little dappled clouds, like just sheet kind of over things. And I actually watched from when I came in <clears throat> to when we went out on the bike ride to when we came come back, all of that just sort of slowly burn off, you know, from the sun waking up and poking out. Now it's bluebird pretty much, and we got some whippersnippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always have some whipper snippers. Today we have some uh, some uh, garage or some garbage trucks. <laughs> the, the garbage um, I don't know why I say garage, but anyways, the garage uh, van truck. The garage van truck, whatever. Um, but um, yeah, so we we usually do fishing in the morning. Um, today we decided to skip that, and we just went for like a really nice bike ride, and it was it was good stuff. Good way to get the blood flowing. Yeah. Anyways, so, what's going on with you, yeah, man? You've got you you've got thing. some stuff going on. You've got this bedroom system that we've talked about. Re- bedroom system. You know, has we, we covered that actually in the previous episode where we did. Uh, we talked about um, uh, full range drivers, and yeah. so how's that system going? Oh, it's incredible. And first of all. You've been amazed that I've been able to, as you're, in your words, sneak a bedroom system into my life, you know? And it's, it's, like, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's a small life. bedroom, but also it's, it just sounds incredible. Too, yeah. You know? it's, well, those, the speakers that I made, the design is, you're supposed to put them, you know, in the corners and use a room. And I, th- I think I'm finally using them correctly. Like before I had them downstairs and it's just such a large room with, uh, open pressure zones on the right and left just kind of like no wall reflections left and right and um anyway but what i did last night um was i pulled out this uh diy sub i made a long time ago with the uh the ripole design which you know you can google that that's um alex ridtaller um came up with this idea of making this figure eight it's not a dipole sub because the uh the front lobe and the back lobe are not symmetrical cool thing about that is that you can rotate it and flip the phase and kind of dial the sub into your your room based on what you want to hear and you know one way you're listening to the front of the cones pressing against each other the other way you're listening to the you know the back of the cone um the back of the cone but uh you know out of phase it's still kind of doing the same pistonic thing and pushing air out the same way and so anyway um integration was like a snap and it sounded so good. This this uh, deckware amp that I've got, it's got um, subwoofer outs that have that go run through the whole amplifier, so they're taken off of the like transformers and like. Yeah, for those that are just joining us, um, and and you didn't listen to the next uh, or the last podcast, you should. But uh, he has a deckware set amplifier based off a six L six tube. 6v6. Oh, it's a 6v6. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I've been saying 6l6. 
Okay. Um, but it's a, a three three point nine watt yeah. set amp that Indeed. is just beautiful. It's it's very nice. Um, yeah. So he's got that hooked up with a DIY uh, for full range driver speakers yeah. um, that are horn loaded at the at the bass frequencies, um, and it just sounds fantastic in there. So that's yeah. kind of what Duncan's been up to recently. Yeah. What about uh, you? So You've I've been, been busier than I have. Yeah, I've been I've been lots of stuff going on. I'm trying to get my uh, turntable set up going, and I just uh, unboxed my brand new Kuzma uh, Stabi R turntable with uh, several four point tone arms, and uh, have a uh, about to mount three cartridges to the turntable. A um, uh, uh, Lyra Etna Lambda, a uh, Ortofon A90. And then also, I just made a place an order yesterday for a uh, an Ortofon uh, OM4 Super OM40 uh, moving magnet. Yeah, the MM. Um, this guy, when so, he gets into something, he gets into something. It's not like he's he's just stepping into. He's kind of getting like reinvigorating his vinyl self, and uh, you should see his his vinyl collection right now. It's just staggering. Well, what I'm noticing is that I'm. You know, with digital, what I feel like digital does to me as far as my music habits is that it tells me to go search for new music. And that's awesome. And that's so mm. cool. Yeah, right. And then right, vinyl right. allows me to kind of like hunker back and say, have you actually listened to this band? Yeah. You know, and, and are they worthy of all the praise that they get or something like that? Like yeah. listen to their albums in the way like that they were meant to be listened to and, and are honestly a lot of the remasters sound so much better on vinyl. Um, that's kind of the way to listen to older music that was originally recorded in analog. Um, and, and, you know, that's basically what it's doing for me. So I recently just like rediscovered or kind of discovered uh, Morrison Hotel by the Doors. And, yeah. and I was just, I like put it on while I was cleaning the other day. And I'm just like, oh my God, like this is a ridiculous album. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't even, I've never been a huge fan of the Doors, but like I listen to that album and I'm like, this I can get down with. Yeah. And so vinyl is kind of doing that for me. It's, it's bringing me back to, to all, you know, the, the big bands and the, the popular bands that have come before us. And I'm just rediscovering it almost like it's new music. Um, and I allow the digital to kind of keep me, you know, up to date with what's going on now. But for, um, older music, uh, it's really a, it's a means of discovery in a different way. Yeah. And you're going straight to the source with some of the stuff that was cut direct to disc and then, yeah, it's available to stream, but that has nothing to do with the experience when you're listening to, uh, an, ama an amazing pressing of this direct to disc recording. And then there's so many things with vinyl, but you were showing me this Japanese uh, jazz group and their records uh, really in detail show the recording process. And, yeah. You know, in an age no where... Idea and digital when you're... Right. And, and in an age where the recording process could make money, like if you prove that you're good at recording, you could maybe sell more records. Like today, that's just not true. So yeah. it just it's also like you know, just a sign of the times. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. But um, anyways, cool. we're here to talk about single-ended versus right. balanced. <laughs> but we get it. off on tangents and, and uh, sure. that vinyl thing is really something that's, uh, that's uh, uh, consuming my uh, audio world at the moment. But, um, you know, a lot of people 
ask the question, uh, should I go with a fully single-ended system? Using This means like using RCAs to connect your system and components that only accept RCAs. So that would be a sign that the system and the components are single-ended in the way that the circuits are designed. Or should I go with a balanced system that offers fully balanced components throughout it? Um, yeah. Now, that is the question that you hear a lot. And no, nobody is unfamiliar with that question because I think it's something that a lot of audiophiles have um, asked themselves or, you know, asked someone um, uh, uh, about their, their opinion of that. Yeah. Um, sure. But before we get into answering that, let's, let's talk quickly about what is single-ended and what is balanced. And let's talk about circuits and cables because I, I do think that uh, a lot of people have uh, an easier path to understanding what makes a balanced cable uh, useful. Hmm. And, and then through that process, then they look for balanced equipment, but they might not even know if it's true balanced or if it's you know split by a chip or something oh, like that. That's a great, great point. But they're thinking first about the cables. Oh, I need to reduce noise in my system so i'm going to do this and then whatever follows so but you're a, a circuit designer let's introduce you again uh you're just you're a um, senior analog engineer at ps audio so you you design analog circuits and you're a good digital designer but and a speaker designer but actually that's what you get paid for right over there right yeah so yeah i'm in charge of doing all the analog circuitry uh paul and i are kind of the the main listeners as far as Every, right. Everything that we make goes through us and gets approved sonically by us. Um, and I'm, I'm, my main job and what I get paid for is to design analog signal paths. That's cool. So this is exactly on the subject of what you know, I, I, uh, I deal with on a daily basis. Um, and I have to answer a lot of customers' questions regarding single-ended versus balanced. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the... PS Audio has made statements on what the company believes as far as the correct way to go. Um, with that being said, I think that, you know, for different systems and different budgets outside of PS Audio gear, there are some other points to be made and some other kind of viewpoints to at least mention. So I'll try to be, you know, as unbiased as I can and, and just dissect uh, the two sides of the single-ended versus balanced scenario, yeah. and then you can kind of decide. I'm not well, going to tell you to go one way or another. I was saying this before, but I find that you're unbal uh, unbiased by nature because when you when you say that oh you have to go balanced only, you're you're automatically cutting out a large segment of the of the audio sphere that creates single-ended components that could be really wonderful, and then you're just going to miss sure. out on. Um, uh, but first, let's describe what what the heck like single-ended is verse balance. I mean, what does that even mean? So, um, single-ended, uh, which is basically when you're running like an RCA cable, for instance, that's a single-ended connection, um, meaning that there's only one phase involved. So there's the music signal, and then there's ground. Two conductors. And so the when the amplifier amplifies that signal, it's looking at the difference between the signal and the ground. Mm -hmm. So everything's in reference to the ground. Here's the big problem, is that if you're running a concert and you have a, and you have a uh, mixing board 
uh, 300 feet uh, in front of the stage. You have to run out a basically all your lines. You call that a snake. The snake from the stage to that mixing console. That mixing console is sitting at a different ground potential than the stage is because you have a ground wire connecting those two points together. That ground wire has a resistance. If you run current through that ground wire, you get a voltage. That voltage will be... It will, it will be a ground loop. It will hum. And so you can't use any circuit that looks from signal to ground. Essentially, what you have to do is you have to ignore ground. The, the easy way of doing that is invert one phase and then send those two, in, uh, those two signals. So one signal being non-inverted, the other one inverted, and then run it into a differential amplifier that looks at the difference between those two signals. And then you have the signal again. Yeah. So you ignored ground. There was not, I didn't mention ground at all because there is no ground. It's only the difference between, between uh, your, your non-inverting and your inverting phase. Yeah, uh, you can think of it as um, it, it's, you know, one's right side up, one's upside down. And at the amplifier side, um, there's a... Subtractor. Yeah. It, yeah, it subtracts the two differences. And, and, so, it, and, it, and it effectively, it doesn't, it doesn't actually do this, but it effectively flips the inverse one so that you just have the, the regular phase. But then any noise that's coming in on the cable, and, and, and a long cable like that would be like a giant antenna, basically, for yeah. picking this stuff up. All of that's going to be in phase across both. Mm-hmm. So when you flip when you flip the out of phase one again, then all of a sudden the noise is out of phase with itself added to itself and it cancels out. That's right. So what that's called is common mode rejection. So common mode, which is in reference to ground, it rejects any common signal on both of those phases. Yeah. And so that's the huge, that's another huge advantage is any noise that's picked up along the way of that long 300 foot snake is is rejected by the input of the amplifier the um so so you know mathematically you can kind of see the balanced uh cable as you have one and then we invert one which is negative one and so you have one and you have negative one and then you run it into a difference amplifier and that is one minus negative one equals two so that, that is basically the math behind yeah. the, the balance connection. Um, and that's how that works. And in doing so, you get high amounts of common mode rejection, which is perfect for rejecting noise and not having, and having a clean, uh, quiet signal. You know, the further we get into this, the more, you know, the, the higher end of this stuff is, is all, a lot of it is about reducing noise. And it's mm-hmm. not noise that you consciously hear it's noise that confuses your signal and you know it when you've removed it because because the depth of this music production becomes apparent the details come out you know you're not listening to white noise i mean when you think about white noise what you're thinking about is audible white noise which is of a much higher you know uh amount i would imagine than than what we're necessarily rejecting you know, it could be some serious hum. It, it depends on the situation. But 
this is this is audiophilia. This is the fine tuning and the and the pulling the magic out of your hat. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a rabbit right now, so I just thought of that. But <laughs> um, so the so obviously the balance connection was invented for pro audio. Yeah, and in pro audio, like we're using balance right now in these microphones. Pro audio. Well, it's, I want to talk about that because I made these microphones by hand. Okay. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, the the uh, balance connection is what is the standard for connections in pro audio, whether yeah. you're connecting these, you know, the snake coming back to the, the mixing console or you're in the studio and you're wiring up microphones back to the the, the, the mic preamps yeah. and then to ADCs and, and uh, so forth. Um, that is all done balanced because of this noise rejection and then also the ground loop um, issue where it's only looking at the difference between the two phases and you ignore any sort of ground uh, potential shift. Yeah. Um, so those translate to to the, the um, audiophile world as well, the, the consumer market. Um, those advantages that we just talked about with balanced uh, translates into your home as well. If you, oh, for sure. If you have a um, component rack with your preamp and then all your front end gear, and then you want to run a 30-foot run down your room and have your amplifiers, your monoblocks or something right next to your speakers, uh, balanced is generally the way to go because you're going to have some sort of ground potential uh, between uh, or ground difference between the front-end rack and the, and the amps. Yeah. And so the balanced will make sure that you don't have any ground loop. Um, so, and you can run balanced cable for, for, uh, you know, very, you can have very long runs of balanced cable for the reasons that, you know, we just talked about. Well, here's another reason you were talking to me about this yesterday. Your, your, your next goal with your turntable setup is to, is to get it isolated to, you know, because this floor in here, um, is a little bit bouncy. It's, it's an older house. It's got a crawl space. And, um, one of your options is to put the turntable in a different room. And, uh, that's a really good idea. And the way that you're going to pull that off without introducing noise is, uh, have the preamp at the turntable and run balanced to your preamp. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And that way I don't have to worry about getting any hum or any noise pickup on the way there. Um, so going and then go, so going back to single ended the question is is why why the heck would we even have single ended why why is single ended used for components um when the pro audio industry um the re- the recording art industry essentially u- only uses balanced connections why would expensive hi-fi gear so, why would some of that equipment only use single ended yeah. Connections. Well, I'm thinking about tube amps and the fact that you need to double your circuitry effectively um, in order to create this fully true balanced signal. Bingo. Yeah. So the the reason is is that the component cost literally doubles. Yeah. For 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 instance, a and line preamp. The thing. You're and, you're doubling all the components. So yeah. one argument is that yeah, you have to deal with the issues of single-ended uh configurations which means possible ground loop debug like you're gonna maybe you're gonna have hum uh you can't run your cables 100 feet you don't want to do that nope. shorter the um, better with single-ended but the uh 
but the advantage is that they can build, you know, a very, very high quality, expensive signal path and not have to have the other phase as well. So, so with tube amps, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons, the other reasons that some typologies, uh, some topologies don't work too well, um, uh, running balanced and, and we can maybe talk a little bit more about why that is. That's getting a little bit more technical, but we have to do something um, to invert the phase anyway, right? Are you going to incur any kind of like slight timing differences when you do that? I mean, are there, nope. you know, no, you don't run into timing differences. This is what I want um, to ask what, you about what you, is the nuts and bolts of yeah, what how you, you invert it and how you uninvert it at the receiver end, you know? Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that. You know, there's there's uh, there's nothing timing wise going on. Uh, you don't have to worry about. You're not smearing the audio. You're not. Okay. There's no time issue or or there's none of that. That's all. Um, you, you know, that's just uh, uh, people making stuff up because they don't know what they're talking about. You know, okay. with that. So you do hear that a little bit, and it's not it's not true. Uh, what it what it does do is it's going to change the distortion profile. So some distortion in when you have like a uh, fully complementary circuit, some of it is going to cancel. The the even ordered harmonics are going to cancel mm. in that topology. So you have to ask yourself, what does that do to the overall harmonic um, or profile and how does yeah. that sonically affect it? Well, um, you know, it depends on the circuit a hell of a lot how that's going to sound. A lot of times it's for the better. I mean, for instance, in a very a very easy example or a very good example of this is um, just like tube amps. When they went from a single-ended tube amp that had a bunch of distortion and then they started doing push-pull, ultra-linear, where you had a balanced output configuration using the the uh, transformer, transformer as a balance balanced, basically yeah. a balanced output stage because you had to you know you only have one sex of 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 uh, vacuum tube you don't have like an n and a p you you yeah. uh, you only have one type which right. is like an n type NPM. um uh, uh of of device so yeah. so when they did that it would actually cancel the the second the second order and that's actually it was a huge thing because if you have usually if you have like 0.5% and you cancel like almost half of it now you have like you know almost half the distortion yeah. which is uh, is a huge reduction in distortion and the overall effect was positive um there's nothing wrong with a good amount of third i mean that's basically like tape uh tape doesn't have any second order to it. Mm, it's it's okay. all third. It's usually between 0.1 and one and one percent. Hopefully, um, the good the good decks are going to be hopefully below a percent um, at the upper level of amplitude on the tape. But but either way, it's it's almost all third. So obviously, it's not it's not that harmful. So um, third order being like if you have a fundamental tone at one kilohertz, you see you see another tone at th- uh, three kilohertz. That's, that's right. The distortion artifact. That's correct. And tape. That's basically what tape does. Um, the higher the signal level, the higher that harmonic is, um, and the the higher the percentage of distortion until you get to clipping and and you start to saturate the tape, in which it will start to, I guess, you know, technically go above one percent would would be the um, uh, would be the where you would consider that to be clipping hmm. um but uh but either way this is this is a thing about 
you know, this is a characteristic of balanced components um, is that it's going to cancel a part of the distortion spectrum depending on the topology, okay? Not, not, all, not all topologies are going to do that, but some of them are going are going to affect the harmonic uh, distortion profile, which is mm. going to change the sound as well. So that's another thing to think about. But yeah, it changes the sound. You go from single-ended to, to push-pull, and you, you, yay, we've reduced our distortion, but the thing sounds different now. Yeah. And do I like it? Yeah. Well... Yeah, it depends. It depends. I mean, they, they had, um, there were so many improvements when they went to push pull. Um, and you yeah, know, they increased the bandwidth at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, you, you might be a single ended fan. I'm, I'm actually, yeah. you know, this is interesting because you might, I don't know whether you're, you're I single am. ended. You are. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a push pull fan. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's just interesting. You know, it's, it's a uh, set amps for me. Like I've heard some good ones and I, I do like your deck wear. Um, the more expensive stuff where people are trying to drive bigger speakers and, you know, low sensitivity speakers with their sets and stuff. Yeah. I've just never, I've never been impressed yeah. ever. Hmm. And then you go to like, you know, good push pulls that are running triode and stuff. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah. I know, like, I like a lot of amps and I'm not going to differentiate, but I will say yeah. that I like the, I like the SET. Yep. What did I have? I had, um, VTL uh, ultra linears. Um, there were deluxe 300s on my desk yesterday, mm -hmm. like pair of monos, and you can run it in uh, in triode or tetrode. And uh, yeah, they're pretty great. They were really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, uh, I, I uh, Duncan's Duncan's always having these experiences, you know, where he's just like, oh yeah, I tried this, uh, you know, this crazy crazy rare German brand that's made by this family. You know, and they only pump out like eight a year, and yeah. yeah. Well, I I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Malvalve, this uh, headphone amplifier yesterday morning is is um, regarded by um, by some as one of the finest headphone reference headphone amplifiers of all hmm. time. Um, the Headamp Three, and it uses a I think a quad of six V sixes as well, and uh, then it has uh, EF. Um, EF81s, I think, and then a couple of 12 AT7s. And uh, it can drive electrostatic, it can drive dynamic, um, and uh, and it's just incredible little headphone amp. But it's this German German guy, you know, and uh, he got his stuff out there, and Jay Holt said it was, you know, one of the greatest things ever uh, in the stereophile and years back. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that was fun. So going back to the topic here, yeah. what do you think would be the advice as far as someone saying single-ended or balanced? You know, do I chase, what kind of components do I chase? Do I chase balanced components on purpose? Yeah, well, that's what um, I was kind of alluding to earlier is that is that you, if, if you just think about it from that perspective, you're going to miss out on some things, uh, some, some great brands that are doing things in single-ended only um you know so you want to think about the system as a whole you know you're gonna hear this a lot from us it depends you know yeah um, it does. because we're not going to um you know and going back to what we were saying earlier this is the darren and duncan blog this isn't you know the ps audio or the balance or the 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 music room blog uh, or podcast it's 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 us and one of the things that both of us have is this willingness to accept 
uh, a whole wide array of variability and um, just enjoy the experience of being an audiophile and uh, experiencing these things because everything's just a little bit different and um, and mm-hmm. you can find the stuff you like but you can appreciate things in the the brands that you also don't necessarily gravitate to all over the place there's stuff to appreciate so yeah so I, I think um what about you? Know, you? I don't, I don't yeah, really I mean, know how I'm, to answer that question. I'm going to be, you know, ba- you know, I, I said I wouldn't fully answer it at the beginning, you know, and so my, my you know, my answer is that you got to find the component that you want in your system, you know, like yeah. if this, this phone stage that you just, you hear and you, you just like, you know, fall for it right away and it's just, it's, it's exactly what you want and it's just single ended. Well, like, you're running single-ended. Yeah, go for you it. You know, and, and go go for it. Keep the it, keep the runs short and uh, get good cables and go for it. But what about if that stage has single-ended and, and balanced, balanced connections? Right. Run balanced. Run balanced. Trust me. And and you you may want to listen to the two different um, two different options. But I I just nine times out of ten when components are balanced internally, um, it's going to sound a lot better balanced. Yeah. And I I am a fan of balance personally. Uh, I I think that when a really good component is implemented correctly and there's not, you know, uh, corners haven't been cut uh, and it's fully balanced and you hook it up in a fully balanced system, there's really something about that. Now let's talk Um, about that for a minute, the corners that can be cut. Well, you could, uh, you know... You cheat, right? You can split it right at the end and have a single-ended circuit that that has XLR outputs, but it's not... it's the same voltage. It's the same voltage output as the single-ended. It's the yes. Uh, so, the first thing the first thing that you could do is maybe not. You could make a fully balanced circuit and then like you know cut the components down in cost. You could do that. That's yeah. one way of cutting the corner. And then the next way is to make a single-ended path. And then what you do is you have a on the input you have a balanced to single-ended converter. And on the output, you have a single-ended to balance converter, and so what this would look like usually oh, seen that. In, in a in a component would be, um, like for instance, the single-ended to balance converter, like the output would be. Uh, a lot of times, what they do is they just take like one phase, and then they run it through an inverting buffer, and so that just means an amplifier with a gain of one that inverts, and then that's your other phase, right? So that's what is taking the single ended the single phase signal and making it a dual phase signal a balanced signal yeah, yeah. um so why is that cutting a corner the, the reason why that's cutting a corner is because is because it's actually a single ended path throughout the component but at the very end the last thing that is done is making it balanced so where you have a balanced input that is then converted to single ended and then converted back to balanced that's not really a balanced component. That is a component that has balanced inputs and outputs, but it's not balanced circuitry. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, what's the benefit of, of one versus the other? I know we're getting really deep into it, but if it's a really nice circuit, does that matter? Are are you still able to take advantage of common mode rejection with your cabling and depends on the, depends on the circuit but the answer to that is is that you can still take advantage of of both uh, balanced advantages even though you don't have a fully balanced path but you don't get 
separate power supplies and a dual mono approach that that could maybe separate uh, create better separation in the signal better. I mean, what's well, that on? doesn't necessarily uh, just a lot of components that are fully balanced don't necessarily have separate power supplies. What you're getting is you're getting power supply rejection because in the component itself, if for instance, if you have any sort of um, component coming off of the power supply, yeah. it's going to be in both phases and it's going to be the same phase. Yeah. So it gets canceled out. By component, you mean um, noise component. Noise right? component, like sorry. Artifact or yes, so like, yeah. like if I had like 60 hertz um, coming from the power supply, that 60 hertz would be present on both amplifiers on both sides okay, and therefore great. it gets rejected. Perfect. Um, so that's that's one advantage. If you just have a signal, if you just have a standard uh, single-ended path, and then you convert it to balanced, you're you're not rejecting that. That's going to just end up in the signal on on both both sides, and it's going to get inverted on the other side. Now, now it's a part of the signal. Yeah. Now when you send it to the next balance component, it sees that noise spectra as a part of the signal. You're now, never going to get rid of that now. Is that called ripple? Is that what people call ripple? It could, it could be, yeah. I always loved that term. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I mean, you're like cruising along in this really thick, heady, like scientific discussion, and then you see the word ripple, and it's just silly. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, it could be, it could be ripple, and I don't, I don't consider, you know, every artifact coming off a of power supply ripple, but it could be, it could be a ripple component for sure. Okay, what is ripple? Just like an a uh, visible. Um, a visible presence of the original 60 hertz wave in the signal, or what do you think? Well, ripple is it, it, very close. Uh, ri ripple is rarely 60 hertz, though. It's uh, usually 120, and the reason is that a oh, bridge a rectifier yeah. actually doubles yeah. the frequency because it's going to flip up the the uh, the negative uh, waveform, yeah, and and basically invert it over the axis, and so now you have a ripple of 120 hertz, and gotcha. then you smooth the ripple using a smoothing capacitor. Right. That actually allows for charging in between those cycles. And so you start to see this, you know, uh, this wave approach, yeah. like, you know, or this wave um, kind of um, structure yeah. to the waveform. And that's why it's called ripples. It looks a lot like waves. It looks like a ripple. It's a visible yeah. thing. On yeah. The so it looks a lot like that, the way yeah. that the the capacitors are charging and discharge, charge yeah. and discharge. And so, um, so that's why it's called ripple. And obviously ripple is something that is parasitic, meaning we don't, we don't want it. And so to yeah. counter this, what we do is we put it usually through, um, various different, you know, or, or a good amount of smoothing capacitors, which will reduce the ripple, but then you need like a regulator, which will reject that noise and output like clean DC that doesn't have any AC component, yeah. you know, I, ideally. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's what ripple is. Okay. Um, so, you know, the power supply rejection, the ability for the, sig for the signal path to reject uh, any sort of, of noise is, is higher in a fully balanced component. But... I want to make a, I may, I want to make it clear that I just don't consider going from balanced to single-ended to single-ended to balanced a very good approach sonically, and so you know I don't really have the best you know I don't have like some scientific explanation for you. I just I don't like that as a designer. I've listened to a lot of single-ended to balanced converters, and I'm not a huge fan of them. And so that's why I say that I, I want to see components be fully and true balance, truly yeah. balanced is yeah. because I, I, I think that they sound better 
And you get kind of like the best of both worlds when you have that approach. It's important to listen. Yep. You know. Um, but again, we don't want to dictate on what you go with. If you find that magical component that you really love, um, you know, don't hesitate. You, you can still run single-ended with it. Um, if you do oh, yeah. buy PS Audio gear, I highly suggest, even if you have really nice RCA cables, I highly suggest hooking it up balanced. We just run the whole thing balanced because every component that we, uh, that we make that has a balanced connector is truly balanced. And sometimes you, uh, you do go from, well, I have this piece and it only, I have this amplifier. It only accepts balanced in, um, you know, but, but my DAC has a single ended output and so I'll just put adapters on the input of this amplifier and run RCA cables. Um, I ran into this at home, and then I got a balanced DAC, and, and, and I didn't have to deal with that. But, but what happens when you're doing that, when you're just cutting the legs off of a fully balanced amplifier, or you're just you're tying it together at the input? What's you're, you're treating that signal like a single-ended signal. Like there is nothing, there's nothing balanced about that. Are you going to incur some noise that anything that comes maybe comes into the amplifier is just not going to be balanced when both sides of that amplifier on each channel are going to like be carrying the same phase. So let me, let me get this straight. You're, you're going from balanced output into a balanced to single ended connector. No, single ended output from a preamp into, oh, into, a, into balanced, a balanced only amplifier. Balanced only amplifier. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's a good, that's a good uh, example. The question that I have is is whether that amplifier has a differential input stage, which means is it something that that innately will take a single-ended circuit and and convert it balanced? And and almost all amplifiers that I'm aware of operate like that. They have some sort of differential stage before their um, before maybe like a kind of a BTL configuration uh, that is operating off of. Uh, that differential stage is kind of acting as a phase splitter, um, although that that's kind of a term that's used in in tube amps. Um, the so my 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 answer to that is if it is something that has like a differential stage, that it's just treating it like a single-ended input. There's no difference. Yeah. Just because you're using, uh, if you go from, you know, pin. Uh, two to pin one, which is non-inverting phase to ground. It's just like a single-ended connection. Yeah, you're you're ignoring the the non or the inverting input, which is pin three. Gotcha. So there's it, that's just like putting an RCA connector on the front and connecting it from positive phase to 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 ground. So no advantages there. That no difference right. between. Yeah running a RCA cable to that. It'll never or, hurt the amp because uh, often they have you do that if there's single-ended inputs also, and you're using the single-ended inputs, you'll tie those two of the XLR together to reduce mm -hmm. uh, to reduce noise mm -hmm. you know, coming in. Yeah, so, um, you know, so, yeah, people do that uh, quite quite often, and that's a common common thing to do. I mean, it's it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing to do, but also don't think that you're getting any sort of 
balanced advantages because you're not. It's no. just like running a, a, a single-ended cable. Especially not on the cables. And one of the things for me was that I, I was just waiting for, for a while, like a, a really nice set of cables. Now I run a 50-foot XLR pair between my, uh, my preamp and my, uh, and my balanced amplifier. I couldn't be happier, you know, and I don't need to worry about coiling that thing up. It's, it's all coiled up actually underneath my, my rack. Um, long time ago, you know, I used to, I used to work for Paul as well. And, uh, Paul really loves the short speaker cables, long interconnects between the preamp amp kind of approach. And he's yeah. talked about that just in his, uh, subjective observations over the years. And so, uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And so, so if you're run running balance, that's the way to do it. And and I, I literally run this thing coiled up. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, fully balanced. Um, yep. So that's that's an interesting that's cool interesting thing that really kind of helps my system out. I think. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I plan on running fully balanced through my system whenever I can. And also, now I'm trying to move into the world of you know balanced. Uh, 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 turntable setup as right, well so right. a cartridge is like a microphone it's a transducer it um and, and because of that it can be treated as a balanced device and pretty much just float uh, and you can just look at the difference between yeah the the outputs um that's essentially what we do with microphones which after this i want to hear your yeah your rant about about <laughs> these these babies that we're talking through right now yeah but the um but the cartridge can be treated as that. And so what's nice about that is RF frequencies, which is basically um, uh, R, like RFI uh, uh, or any sort of uh, lower, lower frequency issue too, like anything that you pick up, uh, any noise that you pick up uh, from your power cables or anything is rejected at the very input of the phono stage, which is a really nice uh, thing because we all know that out of all the components in a hi-fi system that can be noisy, a phono stage is probably up there at number one Just as the dip, most difficult to make quiet. And, yeah, and so, so much gain. Yeah, and then you have to also ask yourself, what is all that radio frequency doing to the circuits inside of it? So when you have a balanced design that rejects all that from the very beginning yeah. and you have common mode rejection at the first stage in the first device... Um, that that's the way to do it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing right now is I'm moving towards a fully balanced setup. Yeah, you're in the middle of designing kind of an all-out phono. And what we're hoping is after COVID or whatever the future kind of uh, looks like for us that Duncan and I are going to get back into recording back some into bands record. and and maybe do some bluegrass, uh, maybe some jazz uh but starting maybe with bluegrass, like we've had some success uh, running Bloomline with uh, with bluegrass, so sure. might want to do might want to do that again, and then maybe we'll get into um, doing dual takes with um, running DSD recordings as well as uh, thirty IPS half half inch uh, tape machines as well. So uh, so I don't know. I just want to like mess around with that stuff. I'm very curious yeah. to do. Well, I have a long history of recording. Um, I've recorded a lot of bluegrass bands. Bluegrass oh, bands you sure have. started coming to me because of the sound of the productions that I was, I was doing. And I've done ORTF with a figure eight in the middle, you know, a three, three microphone setup. One of the hardest things with, with any acoustic band it, that sings 
is the the voices are at a different level than the instruments. You know, every instrument outputs sound in a different way. A banjo just projects it off its soundboard. Some of these things do that as well. Um, but but then you have the voice, and the vocals are invariably lower in volume than the others. So how do you do this? And so we're gonna get into that and get really really tweaky with it and. Uh, uh, you know, one of our recordings that we've done of this bluegrass band, Masontown, here in, in Boulder, and you can look them up on streaming services. Their recordings are really fun, too. Like, definitely look them up. They're one of the the most technically proficient bands, I think, in this in this really saturated area where there's a lot of competition for good pickers. Um, they are fantastic, guys. Check them out if you can. Masontown, available on Spotify, Tidal, and Cobuzz. But we did a recording that you and I we'll love till the day we die it, it's yeah. it's so emotionally great and w- and one of the only reasons why it's not you know like it's not streaming already from the band is that uh the the you really need a, a great dynamic audiophile system to get the whole presence and if you don't then the vocals are kind of recessed a little bit mm-hmm. if, if you have everything right it's perfect and you hear it clear as day and it's it's interesting so yeah, it's just a similar issue yeah. with the compression uh problem that we have you know like with uh a lot of music where we we don't want it to be compressed on an audiophile system right uh but then when you move to the phone or you move to some lesser system in the car or something you know you definitely don't want to hear those loud peaks you and don't want to hear the musicians that musicians listen to it on their phones and in their bands yeah, exactly and they'll say the vocals are and i well I that's how they sorry they, i didn't want to smash your vocals like, <laughs> like pop music does yeah so it's it's a, and it's a challenge that that is something that i think is one of the reasons why direct to disc is so good is that you don't have compression from the tape yeah you don't you don't have Compre- a compression from compressors you don't have mastering what you have is probably some of the you know most confident at least uh, uh recording engineers taking one take onto the and lathe. musicians uh, and musicians I, I have to give credit to the musicians of a direct well disc. in their psychological um, state if, if they're just confident in saying we're doing this it's go and it is what it is yeah it's it's done when it's done we're not going back we're not overdubbing exactly so, so I, I still, you know, a big, there's a part of me that says, why can't we capture direct disc like things on digital? Because it has even more capability than the yeah, lathe. High dynamic rate. Um, it's just that a lot of recording that's being done is, is compressed. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, the, the challenges of everything involved of taking the one take with, without any sort of compression without any sort of mastering so yeah uh it's just the squirrels are going after each we other we are being over there. Uh, bombarded here and i think on that on that bombshell <laughs> yeah. we're gonna like <laughs> we're gonna leave here we'll, we'll say bye also we've we've just gone don't totally off the rails and onto another tangent totally we're, totally we're off the rails so we're gonna reel ourselves in uh, maybe maybe uh, cast ourselves out when we go fishing next Wednesday. Yeah. And we'll talk to you then. Yep. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Bye. The Hi-Fi Podcast with Darren and Duncan is produced by Darren Myers and Duncan Taylor and is copyright 2020 of Slope Productions. The intro and outro music is provided by Denver's Color Red Studios and features the song Bangs by the band Many Colors.